what the fuck is up with this weird foaming dog? Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies we loved in our youth and see if they're actually any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. Did we all just pause to think if we could do an Australian accent and we all chickened out? (laughs) (laughs) We're all driving full speed towards it and we all veered off at the last minute. (laughs) Hey, you know what's not a good idea? (laughs) What's not a good idea? Illustrate it with audio. No. (laughs) No? So we're going to be watching Crocodile Dundee from 1986. Crocodile Dundee. This is from 86? Yeah. What did you think? I thought for sure it was like an early 90s movie. Well, they made three of them. You might be thinking of the third one. Maybe. I thought it would be like 92, 93. This is going to feel real dated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. Potentially. Dude, this is like, like, when was Romancing the Stone? Like 88 or something, right? You can make like, me this look is stuff up. Than- I think it's going to feel like Romancing the Stone quality, you know, for sure. Because it is definitely around that time okay. period. Holy but- shit. Romancing the Stone was 84. You're totally right. It's going to feel exactly like Romancing the Stone. I mean, it's almost like it's the same movie. It's crazy, right? Yeah, except they replaced the, the hot dude with a weird grungy guy. I'm going to predict that this is going to feel a lot like but better than Romancing the Stone. Oh, plot twist. Is this the movie where he has a knife? <laughs> yes. You think this is worse? I, I guess. I don't know. Is it going to be kind of like that scene in Elf where he's running around New York except replace Elf with a Australian man with a knife? What? No. Well, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> okay. doesn't I've come go full to New circle York on and- that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're actually really right. <laughs> that's what oh boy. I remember of it. Yeah, I mean, that's this movie. All right. I'm ready. Well, just take out the elf and put in a New York reporter, and yeah, that's this movie. Sweet. Yeah. So, Ash, why don't you tell us about how this movie is suddenly on the 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 consciousness of the internet? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, happy Super Bowl Sunday, because that's Because you're totally why. listening to this in yeah. the past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday because, um, well, I guess because we were dumb and we scheduled it. None of us are football people. So we, we scheduled this on Super Bowl Sunday, but, um, there's Brett been, disagrees. he is a half-hearted football person. All right. Well, good for you and the sports ball. Um, but basically there's been these fake trailers going around, with um, Danny McBride and Chris Hemsworth. And uh, they're fake trailers for another Crocodile Dundee movie. and Which, for a solid week, people were talking about this on the internet, not knowing if they were fake or not. Yeah. And wondering how they managed to shoot this movie without anybody knowing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And, And apparently what it is, is it's just a bunch of Super Bowl advertisements for people to come visit Australia, like 
Australia made this fake. What? These fake, that makes like, it trailer. so much cooler. Yeah, it's yeah, like actually pretty awesome. After the first Crocodile Dundee movie, the one we're going to watch, the Australia Tourism Board did a lot of promotion and, and used Paul Hogan and did a bunch of commercials based on that character. And it really boosted tourism. So I kind of wish they'd leaned into it and actually made the movie that we've seen the fake trailers for. I know. Danny McBride's <laughs> fucking Crocodile Dundee would be amazing. Yeah. So I, and, I found some information about that, that apparently back in 2014, these Australian comedians, Will Anderson and Charlie... Clausen, I know I'm totally butchering that, oh. but they actually uh, wrote a sequel and they wanted Chris Hemsworth in the movie as the son of Crocodile Dundee. So it's kind of interesting. Mm. Like it sounds like this idea has been floating around for a while. And I wouldn't be surprised that if the Super Bowl ads like generate enough interest, if they potentially do it, because it looks yeah. like a funny, like fun version it doesn't necessarily to me look like a crocodile dundee movie but it looks like a fun you know like a fun spin on it that i would totally be i don't know i really like this spin of it chris hemsworth not being the son but it being danny mcbride like that no i i like that (laughs) too i'm just saying danny mcbride's brand of humor is not the crocodile dundee brand of humor but i'm still totally down for it is what i'm saying yeah yeah, Crocodile Dundee doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just like, I'm fucking Crocodile Dundee, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty good impression. So I'm I'm actually curious which trailer you saw. Or Sam and Brett, have you seen this trailer in question? Uh, one of them. Yeah, well, we've okay. seen a trailer. I think I've the, seen so all of them. When I first did a search, I just found, or maybe it's when Ash posted on Facebook, it was just like uh, uh, Danny McBride gets off the bus and meets Chris, Hem- Chris Hemsworth, and that's it. But there's another longer trailer where we see lots of actors. Oh, really? I don't Did know you if guys I've seen see that, that one. That's the one that we saw, I thought. The one we saw it was like that big uh, like mountaintop shot of Danny McBride, like yeah. slow reveal. I've yeah. seen that yeah. one, and then I've seen um, the buffalo, the water buffalo scene. Where they like recreated the water buffalo scene. Well, so there's there's a much longer trailer, and and I've got the IMDb page open, and the cast in this trailer of this theoretic movie is brilliant. Oh yeah. So Russell Crowe looks to be like a, a newspaper owner billionaire who's probably the bad guy. Oh my god, yes. Isla Fisher as Doctor Clark. Chris Hemsworth as Wally Jr., which would be the son of Crocodile Dundee's best friend in this movie. Liam Hemsworth in another role. Hugh Jackman as the Prime Minister. Oh, nice. (laughs) And Margot Robbie as Lil Donk. What the fuck? Which I think was like people Australian. Yeah. 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 That's the brilliant part. Wow. There's That's also awesome. a listing here for Luke Bracey as the cricket legend. And I can only assume that he's a cricket player in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so That's with that great. cast, I really want to see that movie. You know, I, totally. I bet you they do it. Like, I think if it drums up enough interest, they'll I like, why not? You know, I kind of hope so, because that's like 
What else does Australia have? <laughs> uh, some of the fucking Ouch. coolest animals in the world. Shut your mouth. <laughs> well, you know what else Australia has? If you have Netflix, you should check out Glitch. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Glitch is very have, good. What is that? So it's uh, this tiny little Australian town, and one day, like, six people just climb up out of their graves. They're just Ooh. not dead anymore. They don't and know why. Uh-oh. Some of them aren't even, like, freshly dead. They're, like, been dead for, like, a hundred years. Yeah, I think Crazy. it's, like, 200. Like, they, they oh, span yeah. quite a range. Yeah. And they don't remember who they are or how they died at first, and they slowly get their memories back. It's really good. There's there's another yeah. show that's, like, exactly like it, but I think it's either an American <laughs> or British show that I, okay. I haven't seen, but people tell me that that version sucks. But Glitch is really good. I definitely recommend okay. it. Yeah. Check Did you it see the second season yet? I've started watching it. We haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And they've, yeah, like really short seasons, really good stuff. And I don't know if there's going to be a third season or not. But oh, first spoilers. Two on Netflix. <laughs> what, that I don't know if they're going to get another season? Oh, I thought you were like, because they wrap it up kind of thing. Oh. Well, spoilers. Kind of yeah. just put the comments on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't well, seen it. Well, they totally... <laughs> not going to finish it. Um, so, yeah, for, for Crocodile Dundee, there's not a ton to talk about here. Um, so, our, our main actor, Paul Hogan, and the director, Peter Feynman, came from the Paul Hogan show, which was a comedy show in Australia in oh. the late 70s. I didn't know early that. 80s. And it kind of feels like this is the the movie for the Paul Hogan show. You know, in the way that Keanu was the Key and Peele movie. So is this like and, is Dundee so, a character he would play on the Paul Hogan show or No, I've I've never seen it. I mean it was late 70s in Australia, but the little bit I've seen on the internet suggests it's a variety <laughs> show. Oh, um, okay. And so I don't think that character was in that show, but I really don't know. Um, but I can tell you that Peter Feynman, who is a director on the Paul Hogan show, is the director here. Paul Hogan wrote the screenplay for this film and, of course, is our big star. And it's his first film. Wow. Um, I didn't know he wrote it. That's yeah, so awesome. Yeah. There's a couple other screenwriters credited, but it kind of feels like a Sylvester Stallone situation where it's just he wrote the movie that made him a star. Wow. Did he write the other ones? Yeah, I believe he did. And he also wrote uh, Almost an Angel, which is one of the other big films that he did. And I'm sorry, he also wrote Lightning Jack. So, in fact, if you look at Paul Hogan on IMDb, he's got a fairly short list. And they're all pretty well-known things. And it looks like Flipper is the one that he didn't write. He was in Flipper? Yeah, he was the uncle. (laughs) Who was the nephew, the kid in Flipper? No idea. I have no idea. Um, the theme song for Flipper. <laughs> have you guys heard that song? What Flipper, song? Flipper, Faster Than Lightning. It's, yeah, it's like like a confused writer, just like, uh, Flipper, Flipper, uh, <laughs> Flipper. It's a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> so the like, kid in kid. that movie, in Flipper, was Elijah Wood. What? Holy what? fuck, what? Really? Yeah. Wow. That would have been, what, 1996. Yeah. No The only thing shit. I know about Flipper is that that dolphin tried to kill itself. What? Uh, in real what? life? Yeah, in real life. It's like super fucked up. 
Like Aww. the conditions that dolphin lived in was not good. How does a dolphin kill itself? Uh, it they goes drown? out of the water. Actually, no. Wait, what? They, they drown. They try to drown themselves so they don't come back uh, up for air. Interesting. That's sad. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, moving. We on. just brought this shit way down. Sorry. It's a good band name, though. Dolphin Suicide. Dolphin oh. Suicide is the best band name. I love it. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's sad. They're majestic if, creatures. If you start a band, dear listener, called Dolphin Suicide, please send us your music. <laughs> and bum us all out. Send Ash and Brett your music. Leave me and Nick out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our other star in this movie is Linda Kozlowski, who we haven't seen in really anything other than the Crocodile Dundee movies and also Almost an Angel with Paul Hogan. In fact, Linda Koslovsky and Paul Hogan were married in 1990. I was just going to say, it sounds like she's his wife. <laughs> but wasn't when they did the first two Crocodile Dundee movies. So, I don't know. I, it seems like he probably didn't, like, bring his girlfriend into the situation, but maybe they met that way. <laughs> or she was like, I'm not going to marry you until you stop doing these fucking movies. He was like, all right, all right, one more, one more. <laughs> Oh my God! There's an IMDb for the commercials. P.S. Oh, I guess that's how yeah. you found what? the cast, huh? Yeah. Director Seth Rogen. What? Sorry. Oh, I didn't <laughs> see that part. That's I would so be so great. on board with that. Yeah. Anyway. Gotta hook up this movie. Make this yeah. movie happen. Wait, I see director Steve Rogers. Captain America. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did read it too fast. Well, you just came up with a brilliant idea there. But yeah, Seth Rogen would be amazing. Can we do that, please? Oh, that's right. I think this guy, Steve Rogers, is a commercial director. Yeah, because they don't put commercials in IMDb. Except for this one. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except for commercials that people really want to be a movie. Anyway. And that's about it. That's our cast, man. That's, you know, and and maybe there's a lot of people that you would know from Australian sketch comedy of the late 70s, but there's not a lot of people that we recognize here. Mm. Although there is one, I saw one recognizable actor fairly deep down in the IMDb list, and I do not remember him here. So let's just have a jolly time when he pops up. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because Australian sketch comedy from the 70s is, like, (laughs) such a far-out thing from anything I know about. I'm just imagining grown men popping out of kangaroo pouches. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you guys expect from Crocodile Dundee? There's not a lot of setup here. There's, like, not a lot to, like, base this on except hazy memories. What yeah, you, what's, super hazy memories. You guys, like, I'm sorry. No, stop okay, right now. Go ahead, Ash. This, I love this say? fucking film. So okay. shut up. <laughs> I love this movie. And um, I remember a lot about it, I think. I mean, there's there's a lot that I don't remember, but there's like iconic stuff that I definitely remember. I remember the end very clearly. Um, and this was one of the movies that I remember watching over and over again as a kid. I think because I have some sort of weird fascination with Australia and I really want to go to Australia. 
and I, it's probably be from this movie that I really want to go to Australia. But the whole idea of like going to Australia and doing a walkabout in the bush, like, is definitely on the bucket list for me because of this film. I just imagine young Ash sitting at home with the like rewinding the videotape and just seeing like that's a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Wow. Well, I will also say that I remember really, really liking this movie. And I do remember there was a piece of time when it would play nonstop on Comedy Central or something similar. Yeah, I think it was Um, Comedy Central. Yeah. But I think it's a great movie. I think it's, you know, some great comedy. But I think there's also some, I mean, I guess the word is drama, but there's some really, you know, I don't know, calm, human, nature, you know, elements to it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'd say it's as much... Spiritual, relaxing stuff. Yeah, I'd say it's as much of a comedy as Romancing the Stone is a comedy, where it's like, I'd say, first and foremost, it's an action movie that happens to be funny. You know what I mean? Just like Romancing the Stone, it's like, first and foremost, I feel like Romancing the Stone's an action movie... That just happens to also be kind of funny. I think this is more comedy, but this is going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, because that that's kind of like we, we had that conversation about uh, the new Thor movie where it's like that one's definitely like f- feels like to me more comedy than action movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just remember more. I remember more action scenes than I do comedy bits. Like, the end of this movie is a pretty big action sequence. Like, fight sequences, I mean. Well, maybe what's happening here is that it's just an incredibly well-rounded movie. You know, something I forgot to mention is Paul Hogan was nominated for an Academy Award for this screenplay. Wow. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really fucking good. A nomination. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, I think there's more depth here than just goofy comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's more situational comedy than it is, Mm -hmm. which is kind of why I was saying I don't think it's Danny McBride's brand of humor. Um, I feel like it's Jesus birds. (laughs) God. Anyway, I feel like it's more, uh, you know, about sort of like you said, Sam, like the humor and elf comes from. You put an elf in the middle of New York City. Like, I feel like the humor here comes more from this guy being out of his element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I remember. You know, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go eat a pizza and, like, pulls out a giant knife. And it's like, what? You can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do not Is remember that, that the part. the only thing he does in this movie? Is pull out knives. That's <laughs> all like when I he remember. goes grocery shopping and he pulls out a giant knife. I'm pretty sure yep. the giant knife thing is one scene. Yeah. And it's like... And it lives forever. It's like he's some dude is trying to rob him by knife point. And he's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. And he pulls out a big knife and then the dude runs away. I'm pretty sure that's so the I, whole knife gag. I really hope you did not gag. just reenact the only good thing about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you were and just that's making, it. Don't bother to watch. You were just making a good case for it being a well-rounded movie. Are you backing yeah. down on that so quickly? <laughs> well, it's like, we uh, don't it, know. 
If this first half of the podcast is like a trailer, you just turned it into the worst type of trailer. <laughs> wow. That was like the Shatner reading of the line. Like <laughs> So Brett and Sam, have you seen this thing? Uh not since I was a kid. I watched it quite a bit with my family and I remember almost nothing. Like I remember clearly little snippets. <laughs> Yeah, like he's in New York. There's taxi cabs and a knife, and he wears a hat. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my initial guess of like the the elf thing of like outsider in New York. Things are new and different, and he doesn't understand. Yeah, I, t- I will never. say the interesting thing. Is I was talking to Mitch about this movie on our um, Facebook group, um, and I forgot the I've forgotten about pretty much all of the New York stuff. That's the part of the movie that I don't really remember, except for the knife huh. scene. And I, I completely the whole thing is in New York. I well, don't know. Let me you ask you right. this: But is I, Crocodile I think- Dundee two when they go to New York? Oh. No, it is. No, this there movie. is New York in this movie. Yeah, that's and- Jurassic Park too. <laughs> wow. Um, no, that's Home Alone too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering if I'm remembering the second movie, but I remember a lot happening in Australia. Um, so I it's mean, interesting. I'm not sure yeah, which, the, but the knife say- scene is definitely in the first movie. Yeah, and I will say it's definitely it definitely does takes place in New York because I'm looking at the movie poster and it's him okay. like holding back these uh, New York style buildings. Okay, it's pretty wacky, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he's peeking his head out of the bush. Yeah, into New York, he's <laughs> peeking his head out of New York's bush. All right. So, Brad, what do you expect from this movie? Um, I, I think I pretty much had the the Comedy Central experience with this one, uh, and you know, it's it's weird. I, I have a hard time thinking back, like what kind of content held young Brett's interest. Uh, this wasn't one of those things because uh, I definitely have seen all of the movie, but never all at once. Mm. The best way to see a movie. We've also established that childhood bread is kind of a stupid ass. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I would see like a, a segment of this. And then when the commercials came on, I would change the channel and not go back. Uh, so, so you yeah. haven't exactly seen this movie. You've seen the, the unassembled jigsaw puzzle version of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have like some really vague memories and nothing really stands out except for uh, a couple of the Australia moments and the knife thing. Uh Okay, so yeah. you do remember Australia moments too. There's yeah. there's some like weird outbacky stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I was pretty sure that there's some of that. So Anyway, in fact, I don't really I, know I'm what thinking to of one specific great gag in Australia and I don't know if it's the first movie or the second one. Yeah, now I'm starting to worry that the one that I really like is the second one. <laughs> oh no! No, it's I like think the Mighty Ducks. All I over. think this movie, if I'm remembering correctly, it's a little long-ish, and it's like firmly half in each. Okay, that's uh, what you know, I half thought. Half in Australia, too. half in New York. 
Yeah. Are we going to find out what a Dundee is? What's his, mm. what's his name? His last name is Dundee? Yeah. His first name is Crocodile? Well, no. No, it's Mick. <laughs> but his, his the... nickname is Crocodile Dundee. Oh. I always assumed it was like an Australian Mountie. Oh. You mean that he rode on Crocodile back? Oh my god, yes. This movie would be so much better. Let's write wow. Seth Rogen and number one, tell him to direct the new movie. And then number two, tell him that he needs to ride a crocodile. Wow. So I think this makes this movie a little different from at least movies we've watched recently where we seem to have much clearer memory. This one yeah. is kind of a little bit more of an X factor. I guess so. You know, yeah. But I think it's really popular and really well liked. So I think there's a lot of potential here. I wonder how many people. Yeah, everyone knows this movie. Does everyone know this movie? Sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, uh, or knows of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows the knife gag. Everybody knows this movie exists. They've heard of it. But I don't know. If everyone knows the knife gag, I guess I didn't ruin it for them then. There's one listener that's just like, God damn it. (laughs) But I don't think it's a sort of movie that people have been going back and watching constantly in the past 20 years. Yeah, I think you're right. 30 years. It's not a movie with layers. I think it might be, though. I think it's just not something people have been watching. And maybe they should. Maybe now's the time. Yeah. Find out. All right, so now is the time. Uh, this is not on Netflix, I believe, but it's on iTunes and Google Rental. So we're going to pause recording. We're going to watch Crocodile Dundee, and we'll see if it's actually any good. I come from the land down under. Oh, that's good. I was going to do this. That's all I know. I was going to do the NFL Super Bowl. Are you ready for some crocodiles? (laughs) Wow. So. Can I just say wow? About Crocodile Dundee? So why don't we go ahead and talk about the one and only thing that's on everybody's mind right now, having watched this movie. Grab him by the pussy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that not the one thing that is disturbing as shit from this movie? Oh my movie? god. And can I just one say that I have never been so wrong about a movie. <laughs> like, oh my god. They did it. Okay. Oh my god. But fucking twice. Twice. Yes. I'm so happy. He grabbed that him you... by the pussy dick. I'm so happy you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot Were you of really stuff. Worried? I was like, I was like, I'm gonna come back into this and be like, I hated it, and then Ash is gonna be sad. <laughs> no, I have yeah. never been so wrong about a movie, guys. I am so shocked and horrified that I posted on Facebook that I remember loving this movie. Horrified. Times horrified. Yeah, I, a I lot. like had a note early on in this movie when they were still in Australia and he was like making comments about like, oh, the bush is no place for a Sheila. And I was like, this movie does not hold up to the Me Too movement. And then he grabbed someone by the fucking pussy and literally pulled a Trump. And I was like, horrified. Yeah, this movie is totally okay with sexual assault. Like he kisses the guy. 
and then everyone's like oh he kissed you and you didn't like it isn't that funny and then that guy in the subway tries to like assault her and then she knees him in the crotch and like yeah what a weird insert But both ways, it goes both ways because like she also walks in on him naked in the bathroom. Also inappropriate. Like I'm going to put this on the table. What is the nature of their relationship at that point? Yeah. And I'm just going to put this on the table, but I think this is the most wildly inappropriate movie we have ever watched on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Adjusted for time. It's because it makes these things look okay. Like yeah. it, it laughs at sexual assault and it's like, ah, totally. isn't it funny? And I was like, wow, I did not want to live in the eighties where not only is this so okay, but it's okay enough to put in a movie and laugh about it and say that this movie is okay for kids and families. And like, yeah. what is going on? Like you, you just said, Nick, like what is their relationship? This movie seems to be okay with a woman who goes and cheats on her you know, boyfriend. And then she comes back and she's like, it ain't no thing. I'm going to make out with my boyfriend in front of the guy I cheated on, you know, with him on. Right. Like, like that was nothing. Like yeah. what is happening in this movie? But even the way you say it, that like, it, I don't think, and I could be wrong because the movie wasn't clear about it. I don't think they like had sex in Australia. It was a kiss, but still, it leaves you wondering, like, what the hell is going on between these yeah. people? I, I think Absolutely. it was very confused because all we saw was a kiss and the timeline stated that there was only time for a kiss. And then he got back to the, the guy driving the truck and they mm-hmm. had like this whole exchange yeah. of like, huh, 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 did you hit that? And he's like, yeah. huh. he's like, yeah, would have, except you fucking showed up. <laughs> but their conversation but that, made that it all, sound that like kind of did. plugs into the character characteristic that I did really like about him in the beginning of the movie that he's kind of showboating for people like he's got this Absolutely. image of the wild yeah. outback guy but like he you... looks at the other guy's watch and then he knows it's 220 so he looks at the sun and pretends or he was yes. shaving with a disposable razor then pretended he was shaving with a knife that was really cute and I feel like he was kind of doing the same thing when Wally asked him whether or did the little mm-hmm. hand symbols, did you hook up with her? I think he was yeah. just showboating there in that cute way he was doing. All right. I'm glad you Bye. brought that up because I do think one of the greatest parts about this movie is his character entrance. Because that's a pretty great character entrance where he comes in and he's wrestling with a stuffed alligator or crocodile. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> two different um, animals, Ash, on like two different continents. God. But but it like totally sums up, you know, his character. Like you said, he's just a showboater. He's fake. He's not really this like crazy Bushman that he 100% puts on, you know. The, the Except he kind confused. of is. Yeah, he still he kind brings of is. it, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's still putting on a show for what he considers tourists, you know? He did pull yeah. out a gun and fire at some hunters that were doing nothing wrong. They were not doing nothing wrong. They were not doing anything <laughs> they illegal. Were, they were pulling donuts out of city limits, shooting kangaroos, which he said wasn't illegal. Ain't nothing wrong with what they were doing. Wow. Yeah. We know we know where Brett lies but kangaroos. on animal abuse. Fuck kangaroos? Jeez. You know, it's about time somebody said it. (laughs) Those rat bastards. 
fuck him. But like, are you guys really going to take the side of the kangaroos in the crocodile Dundee shooting at humans <laughs> debate? Yeah, he shouldn't be shooting at people. He shot but he's defending guy. the kangaroos. He's defending nature, which is but, but he's what not. I want that character to do. He's he wasn't even, though. The, defender of the nature. chick was just like, hey, kangaroos. Yeah, like, she I'm pushed him into about it. kangaroos. He really yeah. was out there to be poaching crocodiles. I guess so. That, like, that is left with the unclear. The shotgun shells or the, he, he was whatever, all the rifle excited. shells in the boat. Yeah. He saw her reach down the water. He knew there was a crocodile there. Did he stop her before? Well, he tried. No. He, he hit his head and knocked himself out for a minute. Oh. I did. I mm. thought he hit his head because he saw her butt. That's what I thought. That's how I read it. And then he was all happy to stab and kill that crocodile. He liked it. He liked killing things. He's a psychopath. He killed <laughs> the lizard and cooked it just for a fucking joke. That's not okay. I mean, He's really not a great person. If no. we like take this film play by play, like we needed that moment of him killing a crocodile because they're of him like saving her because there's really like not a lot else to like about his character. Yeah. He's well, kind of a Luna dick. was repeatedly making the point that like there's really too it was too quick for there to be a relationship, a connection between them, mm-hmm. and. I was pointing out, well, he killed the crocodile, which I, I'm leaning on movie logic here. I'm not saying necessarily true logic, but movie logic is I buy that relationship. Oh, yeah. As a woman, any guy death. that saves me, I just instantly want to fuck him. You know? <laughs> well, I especially <laughs> like, buy it when that guy is the guy who wrote the movie. Yeah. Then that yeah, logic is, absolutely works. Yeah. This is very clearly written by somebody who doesn't really quite understand story structure you know like Mm. this the the narrative like there's really no bad guy in this movie there's no it's the chick (laughs) what it's the chick she's the bad guy (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) it's dunk like like at the end of the film they have to like have this whole sequence yeah there's no conflict Yeah, there's no conflict in this movie, really. Like, the most conflict there is is this fiancé that he's, like, got to, you know, get out of the way, I guess. I don't know. but The the pimp wasn't really even a bad guy. Like, he didn't come up and hit his his job. Yeah, he didn't, didn't, like, hit (laughs) the girls or anything, and they didn't seem afraid of him. He's just like, hey, you guys on a break? And, like... He crocodile bunny punched him. Yeah, you know they were at work. He got he's, time to lean. You got time to clean. Come on, it's their office. We've really, we've really come just, full circle from being yeah. upset about a man who grabs someone by the pussy dick to not being okay with a pimp. Yeah, you know he's it's just forcing really them gone. to use their bodies to make him money. We don't know what yeah. their situation Ooh, bodily was. Bodily autonomy. We don't know what their situation was. Don't shame sex workers. So, Ash, to for what you're saying about this movie not following any sort of story structure, this is a tough argument to make because I don't know if it's intentional. But if it were intentional, this is a movie that could break story structure because it's about a guy who just wanders around and doesn't follow rules and just goes on walkabout with nobody's structure. Mr. Magoo. I'm not saying it was intentional, but if it were intentional, this is the movie to do it. And then it would work. I guess so, but I, I don't really think that's what the movie's about. 
I think it's trying to be a romantic comedy between these two people, and there are yeah. still yeah. rules that you need to follow for a romantic comedy. And, that and first, it has quite... to be funny. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> I, I agree. I think if it if they were doing it intentionally, he would have had some sort of character change, which would have yeah. made up for the lack of a villain and the lack of a real conflict because the mm-hmm. conflict is internal, but it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that, you know, there was so much set up with the showboating. I was kind of hoping that that was going to be his character change, that he was going to, you know, she was going to find out that he's just showboating and like he actually was out there shooting crocodiles. And then, you know, he kind of has this change of heart and becomes the actual real cool Bushman that I remember apparently from Crocodile Dundee too, because maybe I didn't. Everything I remembered besides the knife gag was from the other movie. Yeah, tell us about this big action sequence yeah. that so ended the, that you were the, excited him about. Walking on all their heads because that was pretty painful. No, uh, so and I, I also, I also must be remembering the end of the th- third movie, but um, that one is not the one that's good. But the second movie, I remember the second movie is like much more him being an action star hero Mm. in the bush. And there's like, I can't remember the details, but there is like an actual bad guy that they're trying to stop. And I remember he teams up with the Aborigine people several times throughout the movie and i remember there's this big sequence at the end big fight sequence where i can't remember if they're driving or what but he's like fighting the bad guy and i think they're driving and they go over a cliff and everybody you know his his friend wally and uh the the female lead same woman all think that he died and so they're all like sad and then it turns out he's like grabbed onto the side of the cliff and he comes up and it's a gag that i feel like you've seen over and over again but he climbs up the cliff and they're all staring down the cliff like all sad and he climbs up and stands next to them and stares down the cliff are you and seriously like, oh describing God. indiana jones in the last crusade right now is that what i'm i swear <laughs> I swear to you that happens in this movie too. Like okay, we gotta watch that because you absolutely just described Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when I the tank feel, goes I over. I feel like it's and- a gag. I I hear you. I do. I do hear you. I do hear it. Now that I'm saying it, maybe he doesn't do the look over part, but they definitely okay. look down and they see like they think yeah. he's dead. Hold on, I have to Google this now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> What's ridiculous is that they made it to three of these movies. Yeah, did they just get better or... Because they saw this and were like, this is fucking gold. We need to make more. But there were I mean, there was I this remember... time of like slower paced, less exciting movies. You know, I don't think Rocky and Jaws are super exciting by today's standards, you know? I saw Jaws not too long ago. I still like Jaws. Still haven't yeah. seen it. Okay. Wait, so when did when did that Indiana Jones movie come out? Last Crusade? I want to say 92. Wow, because Crocodile Dundee was 1988. And I'm finding the scene right now. I'm just trying to... Indiana Jones and Last Crusade was 89. 89, yeah. 
What? So you're saying okay, that Spielberg stole a scene from Crocodile Dundee 2? I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be pretty epic. I'm trying now, to get of it course, to it is, it is old hat to have a scene where you think somebody's dead and they're not. Mm-hmm. Now, if, yeah, but this is specifically If somebody falls a over cliff. a cliff, yeah, then it's closer. But you were giving a lot of details that were very specifically Last Crusade. I know. So now I'm I mean, curious I, how much overlap there is. So I found the scene, and it is very similar. It is not exactly, but basically Crocodile Dundee gets shot and falls off a cliff. He falls down the cliff, and her and Wally come up, and they're like looking down, and they're just like, oh my god, he's dead. I can't believe he's dead. And then the Aborigine guy is like, what are you guys doing? Like looking down here. And he says like, you know, they're they're like, oh, he's dead. And he's like, no, he's not. He's right over there. And he points. And then fucking Paul Hogan walks out of nowhere, just totally fine. And then they're like, oh, and they embrace. And that's the end of the movie. So it's not. So who did he doesn't look Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Yeah. So it's not exactly like Last Crusade, but uh, it's pretty similar. It's like the same sort of gag. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was watching this movie. And from the beginning of the movie, I thought to myself, there's no way a newspaper is paying for this story. Right? Absolutely. And, and they, well, maybe in 86. They flew her to Australia and paid for this thing and then paid for the guy to come back and stay in the nicest hotel ever. And then, you know, they, they solved it by showing that her dad was the owner of the newspaper. And then suddenly it all makes sense because she's not a real reporter and she's just doing whatever she wants with her dad's money, going on a fucking sex quest to Australia. like sex quest. And let's talk about how that just exacerbates the creepiness of this movie. She's a reporter working for her dad who owns a newspaper. Her boyfriend is the editor. Yeah. Who proposes for her, does not wait for an answer. I know. He just puts the ring on her fucking finger. Before she says yeah. anything. What the fuck? Like, so, okay, okay, I, I understand found... that Crocodile Dundee is confused about these people. I'm fucking confused about these people. Yeah. Also, he tried None to propose to her at work in the office before that. And then her dad interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. weird. Well, let's, anyway. let's talk about that Aborigine dude who is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. I the love the that... idea like, of this he... Aborigine guy who hates the bush. I love yeah. it. it. It felt like a Taika Waititi character. Yes. You know, he's only there because his dad wants him to be there. <laughs> he's got the Rolex. I remember that from being a kid, the gag of like, oh, you can't take my picture. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's got the lids cap on. Yeah. yeah. See, I the second movie, the second movie has a lot more of that guy in it. And he's the one okay. at the end who's like, no, you know, Mick's not dead. He's right over there. Yeah. He He's in. And so it feels like this movie, they for the second one, they like took things from this movie and just turned it up to 11 as far as like, you know, amplifying these characters and like, okay, what if he actually did some cool action-y shit, you know? He did do a little cool action-y shit. Not as much as you might have wanted, but yeah. he literally killed it's- a crocodile with a knife. It's a lot more, though, in the second one from yeah. what I remember. Yeah, that was the high point of the movie in this one. I don't know. Yeah. I liked when he hit the burglar on the back of the head with a can. <laughs> I you know. I laughed at that. Okay. That so was funny. That, that's another example. <laughs> there, there's stuff in this movie that 
it's a different type of doesn't make sense. It's like they put him in these weird situations just to see him do the cool thing. But then if he wasn't there to do the cool thing, these situations just do not add up at all. Like, why are they all standing outside a barber shop watching people get their hair cut? Okay. Wait, when yeah. did that happen? Why, why are the dogs running wild on the on the property? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When there are guests that? arriving. <laughs> well, and yeah. th- that's the interesting thing is, I so I was watching this movie, and at that point, there's 15 minutes left to the film, and they set up these dogs, right? And I'm like, oh, I remember the end of this movie. And then the movie ends ends and i was like wait this is not the end i remember the end i'm remembering is the end you know this is the second time the second time i've (laughs) misremembered the end but the end i'm remembering is the one from the third movie where i don't fucking remember how or why and i remember thinking there's only 15 minutes left in this movie how do they set this up but the end of the third movie it's clear that they like took the dog thing and 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 that's where they extrapolated it and made it into the end of the third movie. But these people like jump her father's property fence and like have guns and AK-47s and shit. And they're like, I don't remember why, but they're trying to. It's some sort of compound. But there's dogs. There's guard dogs. And that then he, they, like, and then they chase the Tony Montana up the stairs and they shoot at him and he goes, uh, let me introduce you to my old friend. And <laughs> No, I'm serious. <laughs> this is the end of one of these movies. Really I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. You guys are dicks. <laughs> so, of course, we had uh, Reginald Vell Johnson from Family Matters or... I shot a kid and die hard. Oh, that's him? Wow. But another one of those scenarios that doesn't make any sense, like he takes the antenna off of the back of the limo and throws it perfectly like a boomerang. Like that was awesome. Maybe I would have bought if one of the people from Australia had done that. Yeah. But it's like they they took a scene written for Crocodile Dundee and gave it to the limo driver. They they went way out of their way to be able to to make the joke that they wanted to make. It was getting kind of racist. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy the racism of it because racism is about hate. And and Crocodile Dundee is like, you know, you're a black fella because I hang out with black fellas and they're my friends. And it's just a weird way of saying that, you know. But, but to but say none of it that all black hate. people are, are Bush or, you know, Aborigines is not. Yeah. That's yeah. it, it, I think it's, it's more racist. insulting to the intelligence of your average Australian. Like, I can't imagine there's any Australian dumb enough to think that every person of color in the world is an Aborigine. It's mm. it's not like oppressive racism. It's it's casual racism. Yeah. It's accidental. Yes, like yes. It, it's the making assumptions based on other people's races that kind of has roots in thinking you're better than them. <laughs> like, Which, there's no way that. Two, two black people on different halves of the planet, uh, you know, might actually be different from one another. Uh, oh, you're yeah. not in a tribe? Like, <laughs> but Crocodile yeah, Dundee I mean, definitely does not think he's better than them. No, he, I no, would disagree. certainly thinks he's peer. But he made that statement to the guy where he said, oh, you know, the, the guys back home where I live don't have a car like this. You must be doing pretty well for yourself. You know, like that kind of came mm-hmm. off a little like 
he's yeah. better than them. A little bit. Like you're actually. I don't know. I think he money. would. He would say that about himself too. Like he doesn't have a car that nice. I guess so. But he seems surprised. He was yeah. surprised that a black man would have such a nice car. Yeah, which yeah. may not. I mean, his character may not be racist, but the person who wrote that line, that was a little <laughs> insensitive. Yeah. So I guess there's a. A version of this movie that existed in my mind that was not this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a version of it. You know, this guy who is completely at peace in nature and has something to share about nature and has a friendship and a, a respect for the Native people there. I mean, and then I he think goes you're... to New York and it's all goofy and funny because he's completely uncomfortable. There's a mm. different way of writing this story much better. Yeah. Did you see Jungle yeah. to Jungle? Oh, oh God! My God. That, yes, that can't be it. Because <laughs> I think yes. that's it. <laughs> that is it. You're right. And you know they they keep making comments about Tarzan in this movie, and you know Tarzan is a great story. You know that definitely has some similarity to this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities and i'm not sure if it was just because of the budget like budget wise they didn't have the budget to go big with the Mm -hmm. idea of this guy in new york but it definitely like even you know sam you brought up brought up elf i feel like even elf is a better version of that you know where they really they really raised the bar on the gags like it was just gag after gag after gag of this guy not in his element and I didn't find any of the gags particularly funny. No. There were like know? three or four that were really memorable. Yeah. But nothing but, in between that was particularly entertaining. Yeah. And, it, and even the, the really comment, memorable ones are not that funny. Yeah. They had that comment at the end. She calls to like talk to him and, and she's like, oh, he's checking out. We're really going to miss him around here. And I'm like, yeah. really? Why? Because I've seen him interact with like zero people there. Yeah. yeah. You know, like where was that scene? You know, there, there's this implied charm. You know, Luna was saying it doesn't make any sense. He's going to go walk about. How does he know where the subway is? How does he get into the subway? Does he have yeah. tickets or tokens or anything? And I was thinking, well, I could see a scene where he goes down into the subway. He sees a sign and he like does his Crocodile Dundee charm and somebody gives him some tokens. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. would make sense, but it wasn't in the movie. Just like what you're saying, like, there's no reason for these people at the hotel to love him because that wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Like, there could have been this, like, awesome scene of him hunting in Central Park or something, you know, and, like, killing a pigeon and, and, like, eating it. Or, you know, there's, there was so much potential and nothing really happened in it. It also, like, fell at such a strange place in the film. Like, this film is literally two halves where, you know, the first half is Australia. Yeah, you were very Mm -hmm. right there. And the second half is New York. But, like, I didn't find any motive. Like, what's the motivation of him to go to New York? Like, there didn't really seem to be a reason. She just said, I'd like you to go to New York. And I thought, well, that's how they're going to keep the movie going. To to get this woman to be a fucking adulterer. That was his motivation. I get his motivation. I don't understand her motivation in like bringing him back. Well, story he, here it is like from the clues I've pieced together. And again, this isn't explained in the movie. She really liked this guy 
she didn't want to leave him, so she found a way to make Daddy pay for a trip for him to go <laughs> yeah, to but New it doesn't, York. But like you said, it like just doesn't really make sense. Like, would have made what would have made more sense is and would have been stronger is is if she got engaged in the beginning of the film and then she goes to Australia meets this guy realizes that she doesn't actually like this dude that she's engaged to and she decides to stay in Australia with this other dude you know and then she's making this strong choice as opposed to like what's the point of bringing this dude back and parading him around in front of your boyfriend like it just yeah. doesn't make that's any sense that's the comedy was supposed to be she wanted a side by side comparison so she could actually <laughs> make an decision yeah definitely that like that part felt very king kong like i could almost see him yes. strapped to the boat and dragged to new york to like put on a show and then he escapes and does crazy things like <laughs> it's very yeah, king like kong. It, just, it didn't make any sense like how do you yeah how do you explain this i mean i guess they explain that away by making it her dad but like what yeah. reason would you give the newspaper to bring him back like i don't understand how this makes any sense for her story that she's writing because she's like is the story that engagements <laughs> yeah and like other than the the prostitute reading the story there's really no impact of the newspaper article you know yeah like it's not important yeah a very expensive series of articles well, this was pre wikipedia so you know but i believe in superman that you know the the daily planet wants to write these stories about superman because that sells papers like, mm-hmm. in this movie, yeah. I'm not buying that these stories sell that many papers. Yeah. No. Like, who really cares? That's a lot less uh, Daily Planet and more uh, News of the World. I guess. Like, it's just tablo- it was a tabloid article. Like, a single, like, paragraph yeah. about a guy who got his leg bit by an alligator. Mm-hmm. Is all right? Yeah. Also, I wanted there to be no leg. He could still well, walk. Again, I, that's the like, part that I did like is that there's these stories and he promotes those stories, but they're not quite true. Okay. But then there's that other layer of like, you know what? Those stories are not quite true. But, but when he's truth. up against it in in the wilderness, he is the real deal. Yeah. I really like and those layers to the story and I wish there was – I wish it had worked in a better movie. Yeah. I feel like they kind of set up to in that first scene – um, when she's in the the bar in Australia and Wally's like telling her the story and um, and like the bartender's like, oh, that story gets funnier every time you tell it. Like they sort of set up this vibe that in this town in Australia, like people tell these tales that get exaggerated each time yeah. and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And like they're OK with that. Like that's just their form of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I. I, w- I wish, you know, like it would have made more sense, like if maybe through them going through the bush, like they discover an illegal poaching ring and that's, yeah. you know, he takes them down. Some conflict? And that, yeah, yeah, some conflict to this movie <laughs> or, would be. That would have been a great cover for shooting at people. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. that might be the plot of the second movie. I wonder, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Th- I'm having memories of the second movie too because. I expected this movie to end with her going back to Australia with him. Yes. That and that's must what have been I the second too. movie. Yeah. So I guess the second movie is the better one. Maybe. Maybe and it's like you have to watch them back to back. Oh, God. Ugh, I don't know if no, I could. Please yeah, don't make I don't. Us. Oh, God. Yeah, before we watch this, I was looking them up on IMDb and I thought, you know, we're going to watch this. I'm going to want to watch the other two right after it. Nope. And now I kind of don't. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that interesting. I still right, want to so see Krakatoa. the Chris Hemsworth, Danny McBride movie. I yes. do want to see that too. <laughs> so this, this is the shortest description I've ever seen, but the plot to the second movie is Australian outback expert protects his New York love from gangsters who follow her down under. So, and that's so what how happens. Romancing the stone. Oh, she's writing I a guess. story that upsets some people. And Maybe. to put her into hiding, he takes her back to the outback. I think that's what happens. Oh. I mean, yeah. that sounds better. But then so they figure it out and they go the movie, down there. Down That there. <laughs> must be the movie that had the scene with the people with the AK-47s jumping yeah. over her dad's wall. Because that makes sense now. And then it's their fight. He's fighting these drug lords on his mm-hmm. turf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the second movie. Now I see, that's the see movie that. I wanted. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that I remember. It might being be a good, good. movie. Oh, it's probably labeled with conflicted. horrible sexism and yeah. grabbing people, people by the pussy. God, I still can't believe that that happened in this Twice. movie. Twice. So you know, bad. You know what? Like, well, knowing the context of like today, uh, seeing that, that first scene, like, that that trans person looked real sad. Also, the whole bar laughed at them. How horrible. Yeah. Like, not a single person was like, dude, that's not okay. Yeah. Well, th- exactly. here's the really tough point for me to make. It's it's really horrifying when we see people like, I don't know, the President of the United States thinking stuff like that's okay. But when you see movies like this from 30 years ago and you get this picture of, all of society was cool with that. In fact, this was yeah. a popular movie and a lot of people like that gag. You can start to see the context of why older people today would think that stuff is all right. Yeah. Because they're too implicit. The, the argument is, oh, it was another time. I can see the context for the argument, it was another time. I mean, Man, right. Man, it still sucks. He's not saying it's right. So. He's just saying... He understands those fucking millennials and their newfangled ideas. Uh, a goddamn yeah. snowflakes, man. We just don't want to hurt other people's feelings. How dare we? <laughs> snowflakes <laughs> with respect for other people. Yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is. Yeah, so, this is not the conversation I wanted to have when watching <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> can Can I ask you a question? Was that Carol Kane as one of the prostitutes? Because I don't boy, did so. it look like her. Oh, okay. Huh. I thought I, and it's not, I watched the end of the credits and yeah. they didn't credit any of the like extra people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who it was. I, know, I think her, her voice is pretty unmistakable. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really sound like her, but I thought maybe it was her putting on a accent, yeah. you know, Dude, which Nick. once again makes me think we need to watch Scrooged. Oh, I've <laughs> She's never so seen so good it. in that. I have a question for you, Nick, as somebody who grew up more in the 80s than us. Oh, God, because I'm were, the old one. Were people just that okay with cocaine? Oh, yeah, it was the 80s. I, I asked <laughs> Brett, and he was like, he was like yeah, Sorry. it was like the weed of that decade. And I was like, what? Nah. Like, no. It, just- I mean, I was a child in the 80s, so I didn't see people doing cocaine. But the context that I get from movies at the time is that it was pretty normal. Like, remember in That's Die crazy. Hard, there was a guy who was doing cocaine at the office Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just a thing that was in a lot of 80s movies, which suggested anybody with money was doing it in the 80s. 
It was the popular drug of the time. It was the drug in vogue, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I just had yeah. another thought about your uh, different time and place comment. Uh, his his little the speech at the beginning uh, where he they're trying to romanticize his apathy about literally everything. Yeah, you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, she's like, "What do you think about the nuclear standoff?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I don't have an opinion." And like, "What do you think about the Aboriginals? Like, oh, can they? Uh, who owns the land?" He's like, "You can't own the land, man." And it's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, you fucking can, dude." And uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of buy like he is. He's so far removed from like human to human conflict because he you just deal with nature. Nate, like his conflict is surviving. It has nothing to do with politics and like yeah. But the rest of the movie paints that conversation less in the I'm a nature man and more in the I literally don't care about any other human being. Yeah. And like they tried to romanticize it. I don't know. It feels like and she was like super digging it. And is, was that the vibe of the time? Like people were were envying the lack of compassion of other humans. Like ugh. I don't know. I didn't really get that that from that that he has a lack of compassion i just got it you know he keeps to himself he's yeah he's not not gonna bother with other people's affairs yeah he's not trying to be up in other people's business that doesn't involve him was basically the vibe i got from that which is charming and and i was Mm -hmm. like at that point in the movie i was like this is a charming character i like this character i can't wait for the movie to actually kick into gear and to have fun with this character. And then now that part does. never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then he did some really creepy stuff when he got to America. I was going to say, like, this movie was generally pretty boring. Yeah. Like, and so here's what I realized. And I was mentioning Taika Waititi a moment ago. Mm-hmm. The good version of this movie that you want to see is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. I was going to say that as well. Right? Absolutely. I love that that's, movie. That's the character that we want. The character mm-hmm. that we deserve. Haven't yes, I haven't seen it either. Oh my god! Oh. And it's not Australia; it's New Zealand, but it's it's fantastic. Yeah, all the New Zealand people are pretty mad at you right now. <laughs> all the New well, Zealand Australia people are like, not the same. No, I, I'm not making that claim, but I'm saying <laughs> the type of a character living off of the wilderness. Right. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> like the crocodile alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that movie is great. That That is definitely more towards what I was hoping here. And even, you know, even just like a Romancing the Stone-esque version in Australia was what I was hoping for. You know, just more. Yeah. And you I thought it would be him. way better. I did. <laughs> I, I am totally going on record saying I have never been so wrong about a movie. <laughs> So embarrassing. I didn't want you to be this and, wrong. Man. No, none of us <laughs> I know. saw it. And I, I like, I, cause I was telling dear listener as the conversation we had before was we debated whether or not we should do this movie because like I had posted a couple of things, seeing if I could get some interest, seeing if people remember liking this movie and nobody really <laughs> interacted that much. And now I know why nobody has been watching this movie since 1980 over okay, and over again. Does this not paint that commercial in a different light now? Like they watched Crocodile bit. Dundee and were like, 
this needs a reboot. Danny McBride is perfect. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I just feel like people are saying, you know, you know, it was great for our tourism bureau back in the 80s was that Crocodile Sexism. Dundee character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too bad we can't have that again. And somebody said, well, maybe. <laughs> Actually, you can. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have these memories that I'm hoping are just from the second movie and that it is way better. But like, God, mm. now I just don't know. I question everything now. I still wonder. You know about what I question? Yeah, exactly. This, this... Like, it feels like that scenario again, for sure. Yeah. But this leaves me questioning the quality of late 1970s Australian sketch comedy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, if that's if what they thought the was funny. this is movie that was birthed from that. It can like, I There's really like want to no... see the Paul Hogan show just to see, is it this slow and boring? Right. And the gags just, you know, they're just not that funny. Yeah. This could have been, you know, there could, ha- it could have, the gags could have held up, but they just weren't, you know, even him like crawling on top of the sign and then riding back on the police horse just isn't that... Is, where's yeah. the gag? You know, oh, it's mildly charming. Kind of it's not hilarious. Yeah, mm, yeah. Even the even the very popular like that, that's a knife. Like th- that kind of sucked. Like nothing was good in this. I don't know. I think that might be funny if we'd not had it ruined for us for the past thirty years. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say by me. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we've heard that gag over and over and over and over for thirty years. To yes. see that fresh, that might have been funny. I mean, I remember that part being funny, but I'm just, it's, you know, like the bidet thing wasn't particularly funny. Mm -mm. So the bidet, here's what's interesting about the bidet thing. I'm, I'm here in Italy and (laughs) that's, that's the standard across Italy. There's always a bidet. Okay. And so Luna and I watching this scene laughing for completely different reasons (laughs) <laughs> and I had to tell her that literally was my entire experience with the bidet before coming to Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, actually, I wanted to ask you, you bring up Italy, like, how was that dude's Italian? Because it didn't sound great. Oh, but, the uh, the New Yorker guy trying to order? Yeah. It was, he, he seemed to be at my level of Italian, but thinking... Okay. He's yes. really, really brilliant. Like, oh, I'm going to order for everybody and I'm going to say one sentence. Yeah, exactly. You know? I was you like, know, you ordered funny. one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, was that yeah. a common thing he in the 80s? Because that is so, order so for people. rude. Yeah, I'm going to order for the table. Like, what the fuck? No, I want to pick my goddamn food. No. Yeah. I think it's a, a common thing among assholes. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that was all about that guy being an ass. I have been really drunk, (laughs) and I never forced you guys to eat something that I picked. Like, well, no, you you get drunk, you eat everyone else's stuff. Yeah, Yeah, and you drink our drinks, and then you tell us you hate us and love us at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So I was watching that that dinner scene, and like, I said out loud, I was like, "Is this the scene where he's been normal the whole movie, but now he's an asshole, so that it's okay for her to cheat on him?" And but then, like, knowing that she already kissed fucking Dundee, and right, she's like, she's the worst. Like all of this dude's asshole actions in that scene were totally fucking justified. Like he was just being mean to this dude who was hitting on his girlfriend. 
Yeah, he can totally tell. I mean, he's still a dick, but like, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> but I still, get what you're saying, like, I yeah, understand he was, why he's being a dick. He was reacting to dickery by being a dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who's the worst in this movie? All of the characters. Yes. Just, yeah. They're bad people. They've, yeah. They've all been like just rude to each other. Also, uh, uh, like. Like, what was with the scene? Like, they're all the worst. And then she's like, the scene with the water buffalo, she's all impressed that he made the water buffalo lay down. And I just couldn't help but think, it's still in your way. That's what I said to Brett. I was expecting that to be the payoff of the joke. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) This is potentially worse. This is worse. (laughs) It it did not Uh. make any sense. And then they just cut away. To a different yeah. scene. Like, how did that resolve? I want to know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's oh. it's a little funny in like a existentially bizarre way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, to jump all the way back to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So she's in the hotel in Sydney on the phone with the guy in New York at the office. What time is that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, have you like, not seen when, when newsroom? it's morning in Sydney and morning in New York? What time is that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, there's just uh, yeah. Oh man. Oh boy, that was great. Did you guys catch? There's a moment where the pimp clearly says the word "fuck." Yeah, and they dubbed over "screw." Yeah. Like uh, really badly. I totally did not notice that. There was a lot of bad ADR in this. Was a, they just really didn't thing. want to get that rating. I guess that's all I can. But assume. the pussy grabbing is totally fine. It was done yeah. off screen. That's true. <laughs> but don't say the are word you, fuck. You see, you. I, I'm worried for you, Brett. That people are going to listen to this episode and assume that you're like okay with animal cruelty and. <laughs> Grabbing him by the pussy. Let's be clear. Hunting is fine. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not saying hunting. Like those guys that were driving around in their trucks weren't like grabbing kangaroos and fucking like tying them up and doing weird ass like tortured rituals to them. They were just shooting kangaroos. That's cool. No, it's not. That's a thing. People do that here in the U.S. Only people who lack empathy would think. I don't mean like it's cool like the Fonz, but like it's an okay thing to do (laughs) for a great number of people. People like hunting. Yeah, but that's not hunting. They were just (laughs) killing. That's literally what hunting is, man. No, you take what you kill and then you go and eat it. Same fucking Riddick. You you don't keep what you kill. Like you can leave it out there. No, you can't. Then that's not hunting. (laughs) It's just animal murder. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. <laughs> Are you honest. calling it? I'm really. Yeah. I'm like so done. done. Yeah. I think it, it it is interesting that the one and only thing that I thought everybody would be talking about is the one and only thing that everybody's talking about. Because yeah. it's shocking. It's really, awful. really creepy. You know. God. That yeah. poor trans man that just was like, you know, he thought he was doing good trans woman you know trans woman okay yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> you know sure yeah and right? like, like you know gets laughed out of a bar it's like, horrible because because she was well, passing up until that point to be clear well, that person is not completely guilt-free because 
the trans woman was inviting a man back to her place without making it clear what the situation was. Well, what, you're going to do and it in that's a bar? Cool. Like, I'm sorry, but from the moment that scene started, I knew that that was a man. And I, I don't okay. think, like, I feel like most people would. And so I don't feel like it's that person's fault. Yeah. You know? And, like, from her perspective, her whole life, everyone's thought she's horrible and doesn't give her a chance. And then suddenly there's somebody who's different. Like, oh, and they're okay with it. I like, think you need everyone. to have that conversation. Well, you know, but maybe they go back to their it? apartment yeah. and then they have okay. that conversation. Okay, yeah. And then it's yeah. like... Like, you're not going to have it in the bar where every, like, I don't go to bars and talk about my genitalia. Like, no. I guess one of the uh, the important markers of, of, like, one of the the trans fights of today is, like, passing shouldn't be a prerequisite to to romance. Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah, they, if if that conversation has to be had, it sh- I mean, it should be had probably like just it doesn't have to be had right up front all the time. Like you should be able to have a normal social interaction before actually talking about sex and stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Lawyered. <laughs> still still the uh, the most innocent person in this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Except yeah. maybe Reginald Vell Johnson, the, the magic limo driver who knew that Crocodile Dundee was being attacked in a back alley. Yeah. That was Worked rad. his way through Times Square traffic to get to that back alley all, just in time. Yeah. Although Despite he, all the racism, he like still helped yeah. the dude out. He he did drink and drive an awful lot though. Yeah. yeah. That well, bottle was, was, the was, 80s. was three quarters empty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> uh, All right. I think we've had enough Crocodile Dundee for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they make this new movie, then I'll go. So start <laughs> start the wrap-ups then? Yeah. So, all right, Sam, you're the one currently on my screen. Yeah. So, um, totally not better than Romancing the Stone. And no. I think it fell into Agreed. that, into that <laughs> trap of... If we don't remember it, it's probably because it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So damn yeah. it, we were foiled again. We were just having a conversation literally last night about how uh the academy uh has not proven that they actually have the uh uh I don't want to say authority, but like the judging chops to, to show what movies actually are the best movies that this movie was nominated for anything is just like, yeah. like that they would, that they, somebody would yeah. suggest that it's in the category of almost anything else that's won an Oscar is, yeah. uh, yeah. So, so know. yeah, that's I want to know point. what it was up against. <laughs> Me too. So this guy was nominated for his acting, but then when Marissa Tomei was nominated and won, everyone was like, oh, it was a mistake. Like, what? No. Really? Wow. Yeah, that was like a common thing. They're like, oh, they read the wrong name. It wasn't supposed to be her. And she was brilliant wow. in My Cousin Vinny. And this guy, I wasn't, it wasn't yeah. bad, but. Well, to be clear, he, was, he won a Golden Globe for acting, but okay. he was nominated for the writing Academy oh, Award. for the writing. Which That's I feel like is worse. even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, there. I know you guys don't watch Mr. Robot. Nick does. But there's a, a, there's a line from Mr. Robot. Um, 
gosh, I don't know how far you are, Nick. I don't know if you'd be upset that I say this. It's not like a spoiler for the show. But there's a line in Mr. Robot where the main character dude says, um, you know, somebody says like, oh, this movie doesn't have a good review online or whatever. And he's like, well, that's because critics have shitty tastes. And like, (laughs) I was like, yes, that is so accurate. Because if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, so often the critic and audience, you know, ratings can be wildly different, you know. Also, have you ever read any of those critiques of the movie? They don't say oh, yeah, anything cr- constructive. They just summarize the movie. And it's like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? That's not a review. Also, um, I want to I wanna go back to something I said in the first half of, of, of the thing that's not really about any of the racist nonsense we've been talking about. Uh, you want to talk about kangaroos more? <laughs> when I was a kid and... Like, I can totally see how it worked watching the movie because there was only one instance where it was unambiguously the other way. But when I was a kid, I thought his name was uh, uh, um, Mick J, comma, Crocodile Dundee, profession. I thought the Crocodile Dundee was his job. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you're like... There's crocodile Dundees. There's giraffe Dundees. I, I literally yeah. thought it was like yeah. Canadian Mountie, crocodile Dundee. Like he's okay. the outback <laughs> cop or some shit. Like <laughs> outback cop is the movie that we need. Yes, McBride. we have RoboCop. We have right. Mall Cop. We. Need- I'm going to give you the 59th Academy Awards nominees for best screenplay. Oh no! Crocodile Dundee by Paul Hogan. <laughs> Ugh. Salvador by Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. My Beautiful Laundrette, Foreign, and oh, Platoon also by Oliver Stone. Oh, wow, but the Stone winner, is busy. the winner was Hannah and Her Sisters, Woody Allen. Oh, Ooh. another so creepy, sexist person, rapey. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of surprised Platoon didn't win out. Everything yeah, else is kind of lame said. competition. Must have been a bad year. People really liked Woody Allen. Yeah, they did really like Woody Allen. So is Crocodile Dundee on par with Platoon from writing? No. Oh, no. No. I haven't seen Platoon, so. Is Crocodile Dundee on par with Woody Allen's writing? Mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a hard time. I learned the facts about Woody Allen before I watched any of his movies, and they just really color his stuff. Yeah. It makes it hard for me. I'm going to be honest. I find his movies fucking boring. I've tried to watch them even before I saw, you know, knew about his creepiness. Knowing about I still found them boring. But like knowing about it turns every single movie into like uh like, like Louis CK's movie. Like you just can't Even Louis CK isn't as bad as like gaslighting and fucking your stepdaughter. Like uh Agreed. It's horrible. <laughs> I would yeah. much rather be trapped in a room with a masturbating man than gaslit <laughs> by my stepfather. Like who, who admitted and apologized for it later? You know, not not that yeah. that wipes everything clean, but you know, and, and people like Woody s- Allen and uh, yeah. Weinstein still say they've done nothing wrong. And, and honestly, like we're not even me. that up in arms about Woody. We're like, eh. well, we're like, no, eh. I mean, depends on how you I define am. we. His name is Woody. What'd you think? The the media, anyway. Nobody named Woody could do anything. The, the liberal bad, snowflakes. See? Yeah. 
God, All right, Ash, like give us your final thoughts here. Ugh. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would rather be an Australian comic in a kangaroo flesh pocket than watch this movie again. It was wow. so boring. Yeah. So boring and disappointing. The worst and like, like, I seriously can't get over the fact that it's honestly the most offensive old movie that i've seen in quite a long time i'm just like really well done crocodile i'm just so shocked by the fact that grabbed them by the pushy pussy was like uh, literally in this film twice yeah uh, yeah i just can't i just can't yeah i feel ashamed that i posted on the internet that i liked this movie that's how I feel about this movie. That's okay. You I said award you, you remembered. no points, and God like, may may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> no, I I'll, I'll give you a pass. You said you remembered liking this movie, not that you currently like it, and it's hey, the whole thesis of a big part of your internet presence. So, and that's the whole point of this show. Yes, and, yeah. and so we've we've conducted the scientific experiment on this movie and found. But Our hypothesis no, it is very not wrong. as good as we remembered it. <laughs> We've been found wanting. Yes. Yes. I think it's interesting, Nick, at the beginning you commented on how it's a well-balanced film. And I agreed with you. I'm not saying I didn't. But <laughs> man, is it not. Well, well balanced. the balance, the balance meaning like it's a balance between drama, comedy, and like these Racism. Uh, tender <laughs> human moments in nature. But and not it, like, really... Well, it felt like they were going for that. Yeah, but you know? it didn't quite. You know what is out. a really, truly well balanced movie? The Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true. It's a fantastic film. That's why they couldn't market it, but it's genius. And this is no Princess Bride. <laughs> is is Carol Kane like another uh, Christopher Walken? Where if she's in your movie, it's good. Wait, Carol. I'll, Kane? I'll accept that. Who wait wait was she one of the cranky old people? In- yes. She was Billy Crystal's wife and why did Princess I Bride. think that was Carol King? Well, that's a know. singer. <laughs> I know. I was very confused. My whole life move under my feet, <laughs> and she was also in Scrooge, the Ghost of Christmas Future, and she's yeah. in uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> she's that's great, right. Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, well, I don't have anything to add as far as final thoughts. I think we've said it. <laughs> not so good. What about you, Brett? He already went, man. Oh, did he? Brett went. Yeah. Well, I'm I think we sure just need now. to get out of the bush here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, seriously, Crocodile Dundee, get out of that bush. Wow. Get out of her bush. Wow. Wow. Unless wow. you have explicit permission. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. Can, no can does not show? mean yes. Yeah, and if you liked those jokes, there's more of them <laughs> on uh, our network, Last Dash TV. It's this podcast and a YouTube channel with a drinking show and a cooking show and video game parodies and other fun things on occasion. Yeah, so there's a drinking show with Brett and me. Uh, you can watch that. We just released an episode not too long ago with Spicy Beers where we uh, mistakenly eat peppers because we think that's a good idea and cry i hurt myself (laughs) i'm pretty sure that that was the moment where we both fucked up our stomachs for life um (laughs) and you can also follow us on twitter 
We are um, at Laugh TV, or you can follow this podcast specifically at Let's Rewatch. And we do fun stuff like sometimes we do a poll and let you guys choose what movie we're going to see um, today. Since I unfortunately chose this movie, I uh, tweeted a screenshot and then asked everyone to guess which movie it was. And of course, Mitch knew which movie. <laughs> and so did Christopher Tyler. And um, somebody named Doug Perry asked, are those his hands or hers? Because if you look at the still that I tweeted, it looks like Wally is like restraining the female lead. And it's pretty hilarious. So check that out. Uh, Also, join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group where you can talk more in depth with us and other fan peoples. Uh, and that's just Let's Rewatch Podcast, I think is what it's called. And it's a closed group. Shut up. It's a closed group. So uh, just some good request to in there. join. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Mitch, Mitch always asks great <laughs> questions. Thanks yeah. for doing our job for us, Mitch. Keep has it like going. five call outs on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, been rocking it. Yeah. So check it out. And if you'd like to join, just just request to join. Yeah, and if you liked our show, please give us a positive review on iTunes or Google Play Music. We love your feedback. And make sure your podcast feed is up to date and let your friends know. We'll be back again in another two weeks for another episode of Let's Rewatch. Yeah, next time we're going to watch Zombie-Ass Toilet of the Dead. (laughs) It's a toilet, though, not a bidet. Well, you use the Zombie-Ass Bidet of the Dead after you use the Zombie-Ass Toilet of the Dead.